0: Hey, hey, hey! Or should I say, hello, 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 as Valerie Cherish from The Comeback says. Anyway, it's Connor here, and I want to tell you all about our Patreon, patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. We've got an amazing episode for you today with Ms. Brittany Johnson, who is a queen. Actually, she kind of plays a queen. Is Glinda a queen? Anyway, Moving on from that, you're going to love that episode. But I want to tell you that if you're listening to this on Wednesday, this upcoming Friday, we've got a brand new episode for you on the main feed that you can watch on our Patreon. So make sure you go in and subscribe, whether you're listening to this on Wednesday, whether you're listening to this in the future, it's $5 and you'll be able to watch the bonus episode. And let me tell you, there are some spooky, kooky things going on and you're going to want to see what's happening. There's also tons of old videos from your favorite guests. There's two to five bonus episodes a month. You get access to the drama Instagram's close friends. What more could you want? $5 a month. Patreon.com backslash the drama podcast. Let's do it.
1: Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to take a spin. The
0: shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama, Oh, that's a tweet, did they book? Who got an on-the-option, no, I'm not well. What star will we talk to today? Oh, that's a gag, honey, say no more. Drama. Drama. Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in New York City and the world. I'm Dylan McDowell. And I'm Connor McDowell. And Dylan, we are still in a pandemic. We are. And you know what I realized though? I mean, hopefully it's going to be over soon, but you know, when the pandemic started and I kind of finally was like the shock wore off that I was going to have a lot of free time. I was like, Oh my God, I can finally binge watch all these shows and watch all these movies. But now we're almost a year into this. And I, it's dawned on me that what the pandemic's ending and I haven't even gotten through like half of my list of things to watch. (laughs) I know
1: there will always be things that it'll continue to pile up as the years go on. You're right. I mean, we've been watching The Sopranos. I know. We're doing that together with our fam. Yeah, which is so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Every episode is very long, as HBO shows are, but they fly by. It's
1: so well written. Mm Mm-hmm. It is very violent, which can be disturbing at times. I know, but you know what's so weird is I was, I feel like I'm so numb to certain like violence from movies and TV shows that like, when it happened on the Sopranos, I was like, oh my God, they're they're really doing that to somebody. They're putting them through a meat grinder. Like it's very (laughs) Sweeney Todd at times. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: is. Well, I think like violence in the Sopranos is different than like violence in like the Avengers. You know what I mean? It just feels so much different.
1: Yeah, that's fair. What have you been binging without me? Oh, my God. Well, you know, I made my way through Housewives of Potomac, Housewives of Salt Lake City. Um, I kind of have backed away from TV, though. Yeah, you were reading. I'm trying to read a lot more. Um, and we, of course, finished the TV show, but I know you want to talk about it later in your dose of drama. Yes. OK, so we'll we'll talk about that later. But Let's bring our guests in. This is like such an exciting moment for us. We love our guests today and I want you to read the intro and everyone's going to be gagged. Yes. OK. It's good to see her,
0: isn't it? Our guest today is best known for making history as the first Black actress to play Glinda the Good in Wicked the Musical on Broadway. She's also been seen on Broadway as Eponine and Fantine in Les Miserables, for which she made history in 2015 for being the first and only Black woman to ever play both roles in the same day. Crazy. Crazy. Our guest played Little Eva in Beautiful, the Carol King musical. Understudied the role of Diana Ross in Motown, the musical. Performed on stage with Glenn Close in Sunset Boulevard and was a special guest in Kristen Chenoweth's For the Girls Broadway concert engagement. You might even recognize her from the Las Vegas production of Mama Mia or when she toured with Limis. She's a triple threat, having led companies, understudied in them, swung in and out of them, and been a shining light of positivity and talent throughout. She's a performance coach available to connect on Broadway Plus. And we are thrilled to have around the pod today. Please welcome to drama, Brittany, Brittany Johnson.
2: Johnson. Hi. Oh my gosh, that intro was so nice. I feel like I need to steal it. Can you send that to me?
1: Oh yeah. <laughs> it's yours. It's all
0: yours. <laughs> <laughs> Brittany, welcome to drama. Are you well?
2: I am. I'm doing well.
0: Are you well? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I I s- certainly feel like a pandemic depression that just doesn't seem to go away, but I'm powering through and finding things to do every day that, you know, keep me a little bit motivated. But th- you know, there are days I just do not want to get out of bed, you know? It's been a rough year.
2: Oh, I have those too. Today is a great day though. And I also I, I'm in California now, so Being able to open the windows and have a sunny blue sky is definitely helpful.
1: (laughs) I'm so jealous. Are you in like the LA area?
2: I am. I'm in North Hollywood, which sounds really fancy, but actually
1: it's
2: not. It's like the suburbs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. When did you move out West? I mean, it was after Broadway shut down, right? obviously. Yeah,
2: it was a few months after actually, because I I went home to Maryland. I'm from Maryland. So I went home first. And then I drove across the country with my best friend in September. And I've been here ever since.
1: Oh, my God. Was the road trip fun?
2: It really was. I really love road trips. I've wanted to do a cross country road trip for years and you know there's never a time like there's never time on a Broadway schedule really to do anything except for you know you get a one-week vacation every six months and that and one week is not long enough to go across the country so no we did it in my Toyota Corolla which <laughs> maybe <laughs> wasn't ideal but it like Two adults and two cats in a Toyota Corolla trying to get across the country. But we had fun.
1: Now, were the cats caged or were they like roaming free throughout the car?
2: One of them, she she's kind of scared. She's, she's opened up a lot since moving so much. But she just kind of hung out in the cage the whole time. The other one, he would just cry and talk the whole time Aww. until you let him out. <laughs> so he got to roam free. He would end up just in my lap, though, or... Like to be in the back window and we just sit there and watch everything.
1: (laughs) Oh my god, that's so no, Brittany. It's crazy because
0: literally last March you were stepping into like a temporary. Lead, You were temporarily taking over for the role of Glinda all that month. And I was going to come see you because I worked on the advertising team for Wicked. I was actually in a meeting at 321 when we found out that Broadway was shutting down. It was crazy. Susan came in the room and she was like, we're closing down for two weeks. But anyway, I was so excited to come see you as Glinda. It's all over. It's all over. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. But yeah, because wait, were you going to be doing like all of the performances that month? Or was that were you was there like a different kind of schedule?
2: I was doing I was on for three weeks. My memory is is not awesome with things that I try to block out. Um, So I think I was going to be on for like three weeks. And I was doing like seven of eight, maybe six of eight. I think there were a couple shows that the understudy was going to do. She hadn't really been on at all. So she was going to get to do some, like it was going to be a good time.
1: Oh my goodness. I'm sure. Who was, who was Elphaba at the time? Was that Lindsay Pierce? Yeah. Oh, wow.
2: We, we were having fun. We were, we were halfway into it. We were, we were like a week into it. And then everything got pulled away.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: But that's okay. We'll be back. <laughs> I know,
1: yes, absolutely. We have so many questions and and just like curiosities about different things from throughout your career, but it always helps to go back to the beginning. the beginning
0: we we asked this question of all of our guests, but we call it a ring of keys moment inspired by the musical fun home, that moment of recognition where you saw something and realized, oh my gosh, I identify with this. I want to be I want to be involved in the performing arts. Do you feel like you had a ring of keys moment for the the theater?
2: I don't, actually. I think. I think maybe I had a few or maybe the ones that I had kind of gradually funneled into it. I grew up singing. I wanted to be Mariah Carey. So that kind of was what I wanted to do. And then, um, I guess my ring of keys moment in terms of like, this is what I want to do professionally was in high school, we did a production of Les Mis and I played Fantine and it just was unlike any other experience I'd ever had and then when I realized that like Broadway was a thing and Broadway was a viable option I didn't really know I didn't grow up in a musical theater family um so I didn't I didn't really have a concept of Broadway I knew about musicals because we had the sound of music and cats and the whiz on VHS you know aging myself. Yeah. And, um, and so, but I thought, I thought musicals were like musical movies. I didn't, I didn't really think about the stage, you know? Yeah, no. That's
1: interesting. So
2: once it all kind of clicked, I was like, Oh, I can do this for a living. Yes. This is what I'm going to do. When
1: you were, when you were like learning to find your voice and you said you wanted to be Mariah, do you feel like you like adapted a lot of her vocalisms and stylings in the way that you would sing growing up?
2: Oh, 100%. (laughs) I mean, I I started taking private voice lessons when I was like eight. And I had a, my first voice teacher uh, was an opera singer. So I trained classically for the first, you know, four, I guess, plus years of my training. And then even my next vocal teacher, she was also an opera singer, but also did musical theater. So my, my background, my vocal background is very classical.
1: Could never have imagined that you'd be playing Glinda one day and singing opera at the top of the biggest show. <laughs> <laughs> like, it all makes sense, you know?
2: Well, it took me a long time to be able to be hired to sing that way. You know, I had to, Mariah helped me with the other shows of my career.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's true.
2: Mariah's mother is an opera singer. So like, connection oh that's why that's why she has that kind of control over her facility because she is trained
1: oh my goodness i still need to get around to reading the meaning of mariah we've been talking about it for months and i want to know i want to i want to understand her i
2: haven't read it yet either i'm a bad fan
1: no not at all You've been busy, girl. <laughs> Believe me. I have been busy. <laughs> <laughs> You've been so busy. <laughs>
0: so then, so Les Mis was this production you were in in high school. And then was that your first professional job after college as well?
2: It was. The tour was my first professional job. Of course, on the tour, I understudied ethanine not Fontaine. But it still felt really full circle for me. Okay. And then playing it on Broadway and actually getting to play Fontaine on Broadway. Then it was like another, another circle. I've been very, very blessed. It's been it's been a fun ride so far.
0: Oh, I love that. We were looking at your credits and I was like, oh my God, I've actually seen you in so many of these things. What was it like being in Sunset Boulevard with Glenn Close?
2: She's everything you want her to be. You know how <laughs> you meet some celebrities sometimes and they just really fall short of who you think they are? Oh, yeah. She is so kind and generous and loving and just and so ta- like her talent, just watching her work. I felt like I was being paid to attend a master class.
0: That is amazing.
2: And I remember because I was an on-stage swing for that show. So there it was me and one other person we were on stage swings. and so basically we had tracks that were made to be cut at any moment. So we were always really high up in the staircases. And so during that scene, Literally, I just would be on the banister, like, just watching her. <laughs> <laughs> the whole number. I don't think I was acting at all. I was just watching. <laughs> her.
1: Oh, what a moment. That's so great. Yeah, we were lucky enough to see that production. And it it is so, what she was able to do and, and how cool that show came back in that way. And she got to do it again. She seems like she's so humble. She is. And I don't know if you've seen any of the... Uh, the videos that she's putting out now with she was in the Hillbilly Elegy and she's like so grateful for the SAG nomination and things like that. She just seems so relatable and like a real person. She
2: is. She used to buy jigsaw puzzles and we would just do them between scenes or, you know, cause she was on stage. Mostly we were just kind of hanging out. And so she would buy us these like nice wooden jigsaw puzzles. And anytime she was off stage or during rehearsals, she would come over and we would all sit and do puzzles and, her dog Pip was always in the theater so <laughs> it was a really nice environment
1: that's so cute i love that and now remind me so didn't she only miss like one performance too the entire run
2: she only missed one performance and she showed up for it literally she got she came to the theater and she had no voice whatsoever and the night the night before she basically talked the entire show Like she came on and it was still brilliant. Like it was still a master. But, you know, she couldn't really phonate at all. And she gave a little speech at the top of the show to basically be like, I can't sing, but I wanted to be here with all of you. And just, you know, just extend a little bit of grace, but I didn't want to miss it. I wanted to be here with all of you. Like to the audience, she did this.
1: Oh my goodness.
2: The next day she literally showed up to work. I think she was going to try to muscle enough to speak, to tell the audience that she was sorry for not being there. And she couldn't even do that. She just, she just went home. And of course, Nancy, I mean, right. so glad she got to at least do it one time because she brought the house down.
1: Oh, I love that. You've, you've been lucky. You've, you've seen so many strong women in leadership roles through so many of your shows, I mean, even just looking at your at your resume, I mean, Kristen Chenoweth, when you you joined her on stage for her show, who would you say has been the biggest influence for you throughout your career?
2: That is such a hard question.
1: Maybe even someone you've never met.
2: Well, the first time, the, the very first Broadway show that I saw on Broadway, because I, I saw I saw a few touring missions, but my first Broadway show was 110 in the Shade with Audra and to see someone who looked like me singing the way that I wanted to sing was kind of life-changing for me because up until then I hadn't seen myself represented in that way I'd only seen myself needing to sing other ways or the you know in pop culture and I I had never seen anyone do that Mm-hmm. And then also seeing that cast was very diverse and it didn't matter. <laughs> like It didn't matter that her dad was white and that, it, mm-hmm. like no one cared. We were all there to see the story being told and to listen to that gorgeous music. Oh my gosh. And that I think really adjusted my perspective of what was possible. I don't think that it, I knew that it adjusted my perspective until much later, but it was that mm-hmm. Audra. It's, it's, it's always Audra.
1: It's always Audra, you know, and, and I, I can't help but think about how, you know, you stepping into Glinda, being in the bubble, wearing the dress, all singing that those songs that you have been that we'll call it a Ring of Keys moment for so many young people because Wicked, I mean, how many seats are in that theater and how many times have people got to see you go on? Like, I think that the circle does, it's never unbroken. And now you are that for so many people.
2: Yeah, that is something that I do not take lightly at all. And I just I feel really grateful and honored to be that. It feels sometimes it feels like it's not my life. <laughs> like I can't. Even when you were reading my bio, I was like, "Wow, that have mm-hmm. I really have I really done that?" <laughs> like every time I hear it, it just I'm stunned every time. I just I'm like, "Wow, how <laughs> lucky I am!" and it really does. It, it just, I feel really honored to be able to, to represent people and to give people something to look up to and to work up to, especially mm-hmm. I, knowing how hard I've worked and I've pushed hopefully to make it easier for other people. But that is crazy. That is crazy. Mm-hmm. It also reminds me, one of my guilty pleasure movies, if we want to <laughs> Go there. One of my guilty pleasure movies is Win a Date with Tad
1: Hamilton. Oh my God. Love. I forgot about that movie. Yep. Yes.
2: Topher Grace. Yep. Um, and there's this line in there, and <laughs> the bartender, and she's like, everyone is Tad Hamilton to somebody. And that's how I feel with this Audra thing. It's like, Audra will always be Audra mm. for me, but like, I'm Audra for someone. And that is mind blowing.
1: And you carry it with so much grace, Brittany. I mean, you radiate kindness and generosity and positivity. And how lucky are we to get to see you break barriers? I remember the day, I actually had a friend who was in the audience the day that you went on Glinda for the first time, but you were in the company long before you eventually went on. And I remember finding out you understudied Glinda because it was either in, it might've been on your Instagram profile and it sort of went viral. Someone like took a screenshot of your profile and was like, this is not a, this is like, this is an emergency. Like we need to discuss like, how cool is this? (laughs) Maybe it was like the summer before I would even say it was because you went on in January of that year.
2: Yeah. I went on in January and I joined the company the previous June.
1: Okay. Yeah. So that makes sense. So I
2: posted about it when I booked it and I wrote, you know, I wrote this little blurb or whatever, and that did go a little bit viral. (laughs) But then, you know, then I didn't go on for like seven months. I know. And then, of course, the post that I when I posted about it, that went crazy. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. That whole experience (laughs) was crazy for me. Like I woke up one day and like 14 people knew who I was. And then by the time I went to sleep that night, I had to turn my phone off because it was just like.
1: Wow. That makes me cry. Like I am like, that's incredible. I I really wish that I had a chance to see you
0: play Glinda. And I know that I will someday, maybe this year, maybe next year, who knows, but maybe this year, I hope this year. I hope I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so too. I just, I feel like having you know the character of Glinda, she really goes through the big change in the show, right? And I think sometimes people write off how much acting is involved in making that transformation so um, satisfying for the audience to watch, because, you know, we go we we go on this journey with her. I mean, we do start at the end of it, but we and then we we watch her become the iconic, you know, Glinda the Good from you know, The Wizard of Oz or whatever, you know. And I can imagine having a black actress playing that role. Having you play that role must deepen every stitch of her being, you know?
2: Absolutely. I think it absolutely does. Especially because now when I play her, Elphaba is not an other just because she is a woman of color, if you will. Mm -hmm. It makes you look at Glinda in a new way. And also because, I mean, let's be honest when I'm on, there aren't a whole lot of other women of color also on stage. Mm -hmm. So we both kind of stand out in that way. So why is it that, why is Glinda the popular one? Why is she the one that we all love when she's kind of narcissistic? She's not, she's not that easy to like. I I tried very hard to make her very likable. And I think, I think you make her likable. The thing that I learned, I think to make her likable is she's actually very vulnerable and I think there's a lot of insecurity there. And there is, she, she wants people, she needs people to like her. Mm -hmm. Only people who are very insecure need people to like them all the time. Mm -hmm. And that I think is what grounds her and makes, makes her this person that people love. She just, she honestly does everything, everything that she does. She genuinely thinks is best for everyone because it's best for her. Like there is no malice in her at all. Mm-hmm. So I did, I worked very hard <laughs> to make, make sure that she was likable.
1: Yeah. I'm thinking about that moment in Dancing Through Life when when Alphaba enters and, and Glinda, that's like such a, a key moment. And Glinda realizes what she's done. And then she joins her. And it's like, I get so choked up every time. Who was your Fiero when you would go on most of the time?
2: I had a lot of Fieros actually. Jake. Boyd, who were some of my other, fiero? I had Ryan McCartan, I was his first Glenda. up, oh, yes. <laughs> who else did I have, Kyle Dean,
1: <gasps> oh yeah,
2: he is a dream, There no acting required when he's on, man, he like, he is Fiero,
1: oh, he's a dream,
2: yeah, those were my names,
1: oh my god, I love it, I remember seeing you actually in Ryan McCartan's solo show at fifty. I I worked at fifty four below up until the pandemic, and you you did a little uh, Rocky Horror moment, if I remember correctly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we did. (laughs) That was fun.
1: (laughs) So cute, so fun. He's amazing. Wait, so did did you
0: know Kristen before doing her for the girls' show? Like, had she seen you play Glinda?
2: No, I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't think she's seen me yet. I think she she was going to see me um, before all of this happened. Um, but she, I remember when I went on, she sent me a necklace the night, either the night of my debut or maybe after after it had been announced. But she sent me this necklace that says "Toss, toss" on it with this like <laughs> handwritten note of congratulations and. I, of course, wept because it was Kristen Chenoweth and she knew who I was and she sent me a gift. (laughs) Um, And I still have it. I have it in my drawer.
1: (laughs) I would keep that forever. I would guard that with my life.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, I do. I only wear it on very, very special occasions.
1: (laughs) I love her. Talk about Ring of Keys moments. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh yeah oh yeah one last question about wicked and then i promise we'll (laughs) move on it's just one of our favorites when you would do the show was there ever a moment that you were like always looking forward to each night like everyone you know wicked fans are so devoted everyone has their favorite glinda and elphaba song like favorite outfit like my personally i love thank goodness for for glinda like i think that's such a great moment but i'm just curious what your favorite moment of the night was
2: thank goodness actually is Mm -hmm. thank goodness is my favorite Vocally, it's the most fun to sing for me. Oh yeah. Because it just it does so much and it's one of those like story songs. Cause I don't have to do anything except stand there and tell the story. I feel like that is the pinnacle of her arc where she's asking all of the questions that have come up for her for the whole song. She's just gone through this kind of publicly traumatic event that now she's had to kind of flip around. She told him that they were engaged, but again, she only does things that she thinks are good for everyone. And she genuinely thought that he was going to be excited Mm. and that he was in the same place. And so then to have it all turn on its head and then to have to be reminded of the fact that her best friend is out there missing. And she's probably feeling some kind of way that she doesn't seem to have been looking for them. Like she probably feels abandoned too. And then she has to go back and like be glinda for everyone else <laughs> maintain that that's that's hard to do and it's something that i I definitely relate to having to to be everyone's glinda when sometimes you're going through your own stuff mm-hmm. but people need people need you to be that and you want to be that for them and so you are and you you push through it for them because you want to even though your heart is breaking you yeah. know so that definitely is, is my favorite, my favorite song and the dress.
1: Of oh, yeah. oh yeah.
2: <laughs> I love it. The corset and the bustle and the hat and the updo. Oh, it's fierce. <laughs> we love a bustle.
1: <laughs> Bustles are underrated.
2: I love a bustle. They give you a nice little cinch and then a whoo in the back, you know.
1: <laughs>
0: oh my God. Love it. Okay. Wait. So before we move on to our final segment, Brittany, do you feel like you have a dream role of something you'd love to do on Broadway? I have so many dreams.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I I want to originate something. That that really is what I want to do. I'd love to originate something that is kind of written around me, that is written for my strength mm-hmm. and that's challenging. I mean, I would love for Thumbelina to be made into a musical.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness. But also
2: something brand new, you know, that isn't that isn't yeah, already a story. Yeah. Maybe I need to just write it and then pitch it. That's what I need to do. It's already written. Like, it's already a musical. Just, like, yeah. put me in it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I I want to originate something. And I want to play Christine in Phantom.
0: That
1: would be great.
2: It's on my bucket list, for sure.
1: Well, that's the opera there. Yeah, you know? and that
2: that was one of the my first ones that I was like, I saw the movie, and I was like, oh, I must. And I would sing it all around the house and... I still do
1: sometimes. <laughs> wow. I'm thinking about it. Have we had a Black Christine on Broadway?
2: Not on Broadway. I think on tour. Okay. Um, but nope, not on Broadway.
1: I roll. Major I roll.
2: I volunteer as tribute. Yes.
1: yes.
0: Oh, I, I need to hear you saying, wishing you were somehow here again. That would be iconic.
2: That's the one that usually gets all the encores at my house. <laughs> yes. Just for myself.
0: Well, we are sadly wrapping up, but before we say goodbye, we like to end on a dose of drama, which could be a little pop culture recommendation, something you want to rant about, rave about, to leave our listeners with a little something to ponder as they go about their day. And my dose of drama is something that I actually do feel really dramatic about. It's that this weekend I finished binge watching Broad City and I am so unwell. It was everything. It is such a funny show. A beautiful story about female friendship during a specific time in your life. It's just an incredible show. It's so funny. I love Abby and Alana. I would I would lay down my life for them. And I was sad. I didn't want to watch the endings. I didn't want to say <laughs> goodbye to the girls. You know?
2: I felt that way when I watched Broad City, too.
0: It was so good. It was so mm-hmm. good.
2: What I've been binging, or not actually binging, um, but the show that I'm watching. I've actually been very patient because I'm watching it with someone else and so our schedules have to like line up and I've been very good. I haven't watched any of it without oh, yeah. them. Yeah, that's tough. We've been watching Search Party.
1: Oh my. We we just finished that as well.
2: Oh my goodness. We have two episodes left of season 4. It took me a couple episodes to get into it. And I was like, "All right, I'm I'm going to like push through." And then it just turned and I was like, what? Mm -hmm. Yes. I think I binged all three seasons in three days. I
0: I think we did too. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) That's fair. They're so digestible. It is so good. Uh, This final season is wild. Oh my God. Yeah.
2: And it's like all those characters are like, they are people that, you know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, we all know those people. And the, it, like, talk about the fragility of your reality and the fragility of, like, how
1: mm-hmm.
2: how quickly life can turn. It makes me wonder what kind of, like, what kind of deep psychological, you know, issues or, you know, things are going on that, <laughs> once they're unlocked, what we're all capable of.
0: Oh, my God. Brittany, when you finish it, when you finish the show, you've got to let us know, because the last two episodes
1: of season four are crazy. Oh,
0: my gosh.
2: Oh, my gosh. I can't wait. Woo!
1: <laughs> Cole Scola on that show, they are just so funny and so like scary as I'm I'm the name of their character is slipping my mind, but just all the layers of
2: Elliot and Portia? Them?
1: No, Cole is the one who has um who who has our, our main character locked away.
2: Oh, oh
1: I know. When, when dressing up is the aunt
2: oh my like my mm-hmm. skin crawls yeah. brilliant
1: it's a revelation of a performance so good and of course you see so many broadway um cameos like bonnie milligan is in the show and
2: lilius on the screen i was like what?
1: okay that's my dose of drama she's iconic and everyone needs to follow her on all social media i, I, don't, I don't believe she's verified on instagram we need to get her verified
2: and she's brilliant and everything she's in like everything that she's in
1: When she, like, drops the F-bomb on air uh, in the the show, it's so funny.
2: Oh, my gosh. I was like, oh, my God. Like, I've never seen her like that.
1: I know. I know. She's 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 amazing.
2: She saw me do a reading one time, and she came up to me afterwards and was, like, complimenting me. And I was staring into her eyes, like, thank you. You're just. You're so wonderful. Mm-hmm. and then I feel wonderful because you think I'm wonderful. Like I yeah. just.
1: <laughs> I could see y'all doing mother, daughter and then something. I, I'm, I could see that. Well, I want her as morable, Madam Morable.
2: Oh, she would be a phenomenal morable. That'd be great. She'd be terrifying. We'd
1: have to add a song for Alex her. Alex
2: Billings is my morable right now.
1: Oh my goodness. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. She, she, def- she needs a number. Yeah. <laughs> but Alex, oh my goodness. <laughs> That scene on the balcony when she's like, so just smile and wave and shut up. The first time she did that with me, I about peed my pants.
1: I can imagine. I ran off the stage.
0: (laughs) Oh, my God. My friend Kevin saw Alex. I heard that she is just terrifying in the role in the best way. So I hope she's I hope she's on. She's back on Broadway when you guys go back.
2: I know. I hope she comes back. I don't know. I haven't talked to her. But she, I mean, because she's so sweet when she's sweet, she, she has this thing about her, like she can switch on a dime and it is so intense. Like she'll go from a 10 to a 10 on each side of the coin. And that I think is what was so terrifying is that she just snatched Mm -hmm. me up and I was like, (laughs) like (laughs) like, genuinely, (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> I love that. And of course, listeners would know Alex from transparent and she's the first trans actress to play Madame Morable on Broadway or ever anywhere.
2: Ever. that Yeah. We know
1: of, yeah. Wicked's doing something right. We just need to, we need a full-time black alphabet. That's like the, uh, the next one thing that needs to happen.
2: We need a full-time black Glinda. Like we still haven't had that.
1: Uh, yes. Honestly. <laughs> I know. I, to me, you are Glinda. So it's just
0: like,
2: <laughs> Oh, thank you. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. Well, well, I cannot wait until Broadway is back so we can see you coming down in that bubble. And when you say, it's good to see me, isn't it? I think that the room will be on their feet
2: with joy <laughs> and
0: relief that we're back.
2: Oh, we're back. Relief. Won't that be wonderful?
1: <laughs> well, thank you so, so much for your time today, Brittany. We, we've we been trying to get you for so long. You're so in demand and you did not disappoint. You're so kind. <laughs> no. Listen, let your stars shine. We'll always be here. Worth the wait. Um, (laughs) We are just so thrilled and thankful for you.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun.
1: (laughs) Oh, good. That means a lot. Everybody follow Brittany
0: at Brittany on Twitter and Instagram. Follow us at The Drama Podcast. Me at Connor McDowell. Dylan at Dylan McDowell. Yes, and of course, um, Connor, we will see you next time. Drama. Drama!